Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I wanted to talk about something that's kind of timely for the holidays. You may be thinking, you know, who am I going to go to Disney with? What am I going to do? I don't really want to go alone. And I may have an answer for you. Uh, Mouse Mingle is this really cool site that it connects up people, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Let me introduce my guest. His name is Dave Tavers. He's the founder and uh, person who runs Mouse Mingle. Dave, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You know, glad to talk to you about a kind of a cool site. You know, I was... I heard about this site maybe a year or so ago, and it sounded like an interesting idea. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Mouse Mingle is? Well, Mouse Mingle is a dating site for Disney fans, and it's a place for people to connect who are as passionate about Disney as all of us are. Uh, a lot of the other traditional dating sites are modeled after the typical look at the photos and how much money do you make. And I really wanted a, a site that showed off my passion and interest in Disney so that I could find somebody who enjoyed the same things I did. And I know there's tons of Disney people out there that have different interests, and I, I just wanted a, a, wanted a place where they could find the people that they connect with most. That's really cool. And, I, and as I was looking through the site, I noticed there's more than just uh, you know dating in there. There's, there's friendship, too. So you can find someone who's a friend to go to the parks with. Cool. That's a that's a great idea. You know, being someone who goes to the park by himself periodically, it's a nice idea to uh, to allow that to happen. And I've gotten people asking me the question, "Hey, what's it like to go to the park alone?" And I give them some context and tell them what it's like, but they're still looking for somebody to catch up with. And they'll you know they'll go to some of these message boards and say, "Hey, is anybody going to the park? You want to hook up? Whatever." Now there's another you know this is another way to do that, another level that allows you to to get in engaged with people and and on the dating side, it certainly seems like it beats the idea of Tinder, you know where you're just like you say swiping and looking at pictures right you're, you're meeting there's a real connection here that people have or they don't have if you are everything in the world is about Jack Skellington and you're <laughs> the only ride you ever go on is on a mansion, I might not be as interested in in that specific area of Disney. I love those uh, those two things, but if that's your biggest, you know, following, then uh, um, there might be somebody uh, 
I have an interest and I just want to develop it out more and, and hanging out with somebody that loves a specific character or or theme, uh, you know, that could be a good connection to, to learn. Very good. And and I understand that this came from sort of a personal connection for you because uh, you were looking for people you might be interested in dating or hanging out at the park with. Right. Well, you know, necessity is another invention, as they say. And, <laughs> uh, I have been on almost, I think, all of the major dating sites over the years, and none of them had a checkbox that said, I have an annual pass to Disneyland. So that's kind of where this came out of. I thought, well, why can't there be a site that has that checkbox and shows that, hey, I'm very passionate about Disney or I like it and I, I want to find somebody that, that has that same connection that I do. It's really cool. So you can go out there and, and check it out. It's uh, mousemingle.com is the, is the uh, URL for it. So how does this work? I can go into the site and, I, and what can I do? You can browse the photos, but you cannot read profiles unless, you're a, okay. unless you create a free profile. That actually came out of... Um, I don't know, the first, the second week that the site was live, um, a reporter contacted me because they said, hey, you got a privacy issue. People can read all this information about you and you don't have to have a profile on it. It's pretty standard that, uh, for the big dating sites that you have to, you can't go in and read everything about somebody until you have a profile yourself. Gotcha. So that's why I enabled that. So that pictures, you can, you can click on the photo section and yep. browse and, and look at all the fun Disney pictures. And then when there's somebody that, you think, hey, I want to uh, learn more about him. You'll create your free profile and then browse him. And if you want to send him a link, then join and and say hi. So how long have you been doing this site? How, how long has this been going on now? We launched December 1st of 2015, so just over one year ago. And I honestly did not expect it to go viral in one day, basically. I had a full-time job that a at a big software company, and I had been working on Mouse Mingle for about eight months prior, and finally said, okay, it's time to launch it. Well, I had collected email addresses, and I put some stuff online, and people joined the mailing list, and December 1st, it went live. A bunch of those people set up their profiles, started sending messages, and then on December 2nd, Conan O'Brien joked about it, and then on December 3rd, it was The Tonight Show, December 4th, it was The View, and December 5th, it was Saturday Night Live. And the site just blew up, <laughs> and I was overwhelmed and excited and uh, just very happy that people apparently really want to find other people that love Disney as much as I do, as much as we all do. That's a remarkable story, that piece about, you know, it blowing up like that. I mean, I know one of the things I was, I was just kind of poking around looking for information about the, uh, about the site, and I found all of these articles from, you know, major news outlets and uh, you know, lots of lots of very positive stuff about hey, it's a chance to meet uh, fellow Disney fans. Very good stuff. I mean, it's amazing the way social media works and things get picked up so quickly. I, I think that's terrific. Good, you know, kudos to you. Sometimes it's just luck. <laughs> yeah, but you created a niche. You know, you filled a niche that or you didn't create it. You filled a niche that that was out there that I think no one had ever thought about before. Um, it's a way for people to meet up that have that similar interest because as you say, Disney fans are all passionate and they have that, they share that passion and now you can, you have a way to connect with other passionate fans, which is pretty cool. As I have written a lot in the past, I, it is a Disney lifestyle. There's few things I think that people connect with so emotionally and personally and, and Disney is one of those, one of those magical things that, if you are uh, really 
big Disney fan, you have, it's, it's part of your everyday life. And funny aside, there's J-Dade and Christian Mingle, but um, Disney is kind of a religion in itself, right? It, it, it sure. brings people together in a really happy space, and it's hard to, it's hard to be unhappy when you are talking or enjoying Disney. That's kind of the, you know, Walt's original dream of being inside the burrow. Right, you go you right. go under the bridge at the front of Disneyland, and now you're inside of a magical place. Mm-hmm. I think that he ended up extending that out to everybody around the world who loves Disney. Now they can enjoy Disney in their own mind, and they can enjoy Disney in their own homes, and kind of be inside that berm during that time. So, yeah, nothing was a good connection for people who to live within that berm all the time. No, that, that's that's a great point because you know that is one of those things about Disney and whether it's Disney World, Disneyland, or any of the Disney parks around the world, you, you find these people who are just passionate about it and they have a certain certain love for it and it is almost like a religion. It's just you find it and you just you want to be there and you see people talking yeah. about it all the time. They just want to go back and they want to enjoy and they want to they want to take it in and Disney does a good job of marketing it that way and making it making the emotional connection to take that further, which is great, good for them. But it really does work that way. That it that becomes it becomes yeah. something more than just a theme park. It's you know it's right. it's a way of life, and yeah. I think that's why this podcast and other podcasts are out there, and we have some success because people want to hear about it. They want to hear every side of the story, every little detail they can get, which is great. I'm you know yeah. I'm happy to share everything I know. So you also you were a former cast member too, right? Yeah, I uh, late 2002 I started at Disneyland. Uh, just. On annual pass back when it was like uh, $169 right. <laughs> for, a, for a premium in Disneyland and started going and one day ended up talking to one of the uh, guest relations cast members at the tour cart and I honestly did not know really what his role was, how he was connected and started asking some history questions because I'm a history nerd as well and Disneyland has some great history so I started talking to him and we went back and forth, and he said, wow, you, you know a lot. You should be a tour guide. And I said, there's tours at Disneyland? <laughs> and uh, in, that, in that very short conversation, uh, he planted that, that idea. Uh, his name is Eric Peisker. And I went and applied to Disneyland. They said, you can't hire in to guest relations to be a tour guide. You have to go become uh, an attractions cast member first or just work in the park and then transfer in. So I applied and got a job at Autopia as a ride operator. Fantastic opening day attraction. Uh, loved it. I was very happy to be at you know one of the originals. And within a few months, I was able to transfer over to guest relations. I became a huge student. I read everything I could. Uh, learned a lot from the guest relations team back then about how to take care of guests and how to make people happy. So spent a lot of time in the phone room which was behind City Hall, answering questions with people when people called in, and uh, really just spent every every minute uh, learning and and loving being at Disneyland. So once uh, once I got through that initial phase of training and learning, I became a tour guide for a Walk in Walt's Footsteps tour, which was fantastic because that's a three-and-a-half-hour history tour, or it used to be, I don't know if it still is, a three-and-a-half-hour history tour of Disneyland, and really, again, for me, that was just magical because I got to study Walt Disney and study the park, and it was really fantastic. That will be part of my life forever. 
forever. I will always cherish that time and those experiences. Yeah, great, great call on that because um, I was a cast member in Walt Disney World and I had a similar experience in general in that it was just a great moment in my life. It was just so much fun. I always look back to it fondly as one of the greatest jobs I've ever had and one of the greatest things I've ever done. And I think I find that most people I connect with who were former cast members feel similarly. They may have decided to move on because it wasn't, you know, the hours weren't right or whatever, but they had that same similar emotional connection to it uh, where it, it really worked for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will. I could know people for a couple of years, and then one day they mention they worked at Disneyland. I'm like, "Are you? You've never mentioned this before." <laughs> and I have never found somebody that has said, "Oh, that was a terrible time." No, everybody enjoyed it at some level. Yeah. But like you said, I had to move on for hours or pay or family or whatever. And yeah, it's pretty awesome to, to be in that group of people. It is. Yeah, it really is. You know, it was an amazing, amazing thing to be a part of that. And even in, in the Orlando theme park, that's so much bigger. I mean, you know, the, the whole thing is just enormous. But oh, yeah. the, num the number of people that I met, same kind of a thing. It didn't matter. I mean, you might have 10,000 cast members, but, you know, 9,999 of them are having a good time. Um, so it's <laughs> it's just an amazing thing, you know, and sometimes people wind up leaving for various reasons, but it it always seems to work. And when I run into people, and I do run into a lot of people in Florida who have worked there, it's that same kind of a thing where it's like, Hey, you were a Disney cast member, so was I. You know, hey, how did I never know that? It's it's incredible. And, you know, then there's the people who were never cast members but probably should have been because they spend so much time in the park anyway. You know, you just start to realize, hey, you know, you probably should have done this for a living for a period of time because you know more than most people do. And you're more attached to it. Yeah, yeah just amazing. But it, it is really cool. I, I, uh, I recently, oh, maybe it was six months ago, I belonged to a classic car club and had met a guy, younger guy than me, and we chatted and talked about the car and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then out of nowhere, we started talking. Somehow Disney came up, of course. <laughs> and one thing led to another. He was also a tour guide at Disneyland years after I had left. But I thought, how incredible that we're connected on something completely unrelated to Disney. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I find out that he, was, he also worked in guest relations. Uh, that blew my mind that we were... <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. And I, and, I, and I find the ability to walk up to someone today, even today when I go to the parks and I walk up to someone who is a cast member and I start talking to them for a minute and they look at me and they go, you were a cast member, weren't you? It's just for whatever, <laughs> for whatever it's worth, you know, that just, it comes across that way because you know more or you, you're able to articulate something, right? Just some little nuance that most people wouldn't know because you, you get into the history of it and you understand it and you, you kind of, you kind of grow into it a little bit. It's neat. It's amazing. Me too. I, I do the same thing, and my it, it annoys my kids to no end. They're like, "Why are you stopping to help somebody else take a picture again?" I'm like, "Because that's what I do. That's who I am." 
you know, I, I don't mind helping people. And, you know, for whatever reason, people will walk up to me and go ask me questions about wherever we are. I could, be, I could have never been there before. And they, they start asking me a question. I guess I look authoritative. I'll, you know, I'll try and give them as much information, point them in the right direction, whatever. But I do it in a very Disney way. You know, it's just, I, I guess I'm approachable, right? It's just, it works. Yeah, yeah. And I, I never forget that. And it's always the two-finger point. It's always being polite. And it's, you know, listening to them for a minute and maybe making a joke or something, whatever. You know, the same kinds of things I did as a cast member. It's amazing. Right, right. So um, I, I got to ask you, since you're, you're a big Disney fan, do you have a favorite attraction at Disney? Well, okay, so <laughs> my whole life I have been a train nut. Ah. And when it, when it came time to leave guest relations and go back to my consulting career, a couple of months after I left the park, one of my buddies from Guest Relations called me and said, "Hey, man, they just had an, they just posted an opening in the Roundhouse." <laughs> wow! And I applied, and I ended up going back and becoming a, a locomotive engineer. Very cool. Not just because I worked there, but I am a big train geek as well. So for me, going to Disneyland, there's something about you know Walt drove two of those engines, and yeah, that was one of his passions. And it's been one of mine my, my whole life. Both my grandparents worked for Amtrak. Um, I always had trains since growing up. So for me, the the Disneyland Railroad is my favorite attraction because it's there's something magic about that. But, you know, you get to see the entire park from the berm. You get to relax. Um, you get to talk to other people while you're sitting on the train. And uh, it, it's just that again, it's part of that history. That I'm such a geek. You know, I like that. That's that's a great one actually. Uh, I really I do like the, uh, the the railroad a lot. Uh, I I I haven't been to Disneyland since I was probably six years old, so I really don't remember much about it. But I know at Walt Disney World, I've been on the on the train many times. In fact, on my most recent visit, the only thing I did in the Magic Kingdom when I was there was took the train ride around. I saw the train sitting there, I jumped on it, I rode all the way around, and then I got off and left the Magic Kingdom. It was like you know. Because there's, there is something special about that, and it is really cool that uh, – I, I know Walt didn't actually touch the ones in Disney World, but he was, he was influential in their design. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a close second in that sense. It's really pretty neat. And I had occasion over in the uh, Wilderness Lodge at Walt Disney World. They have one of the train cars that Walt had out in his uh, uh, garden park where he had the uh, trains out there yeah. in the, uh, on the Carrollwood and Pacific Carol Railroad. Pacific Railroad. Yeah, so it was really neat to walk in there. Somebody somebody clued me in that it was there, and I went over and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is one of the cars that was actually there. This is so cool. And, it, you know, it's just in a case. It's just sitting there, and most people walked right by it. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, just one of those pieces that, of history. You're right. That little, that little car led to, to Walt Disney World being built, basically. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. Uh, after, shortly after I became a tour guide, I learned that there was – the barn that used to be in Walt Disney's backyard was up in Griffith Park. So I immediately went up there, or I went up there as soon as they were open. They were only open one day a month and got to know the people there, ended up volunteering for many years wow. at Walt's barn. And just, again, it's the history thing. It was in Walt's backyard. It's where he stored the locomotives and the, the caboose that he built. You know, and that's where supposedly, because, you know, one of those uh, stories is that that's what gave Walt the idea to build Disneyland is because he built this backyard railroad and people kept coming over wanting to ride it. He saw how much fun the families had and said, hey, we should you know, have a place where the families can get together and do things unlike going to the regular amusement parks. This could be something much more family-related. And trains, Walt Disney, history, I'm hooked. <laughs> so that was, I love going to the barn. I love the people. 
people at the bar. I love the history of the bar. And so if you ever get back to California, you have to commit the time to go up to L.A. and go see it because it, it's a real piece of world history. It was, it was, he spent time in there. It was in his backyard and it housed that car that you're talking about in mm-hmm. Disney World. That is so cool. Yeah, I do. I would like to get there someday. Um, that's one of my, you know, one of the dreams is to go and kind of do the little uh, heritage, you know, tour there basically and go to the, go to the barn and yep. check out some other things if I can, just because it's, it's a, it's a neat piece of history. I love looking at yeah. the old pictures. I mean, that's the best I can do is go look at old pictures for now. And some of the pictures of him riding on the train and him, you know, him doing different things, just, it's just amazing. I mean, just, it's a fascinating yeah. thing because he really does look like he's having fun in all the pictures. Yeah. And I, I think that's an incredible thing that he was so into it. And, and like you say, it, it, it prompted all of this. Everything that we're talking about is because of that, essentially. Yeah. Amazing, man. Yeah, Ollie Johnston and, and Ward Kimball getting him hooked up or, or really connected to the train. You know, he had the connection as a child, but mm-hmm. as an adult, he was busy for a long time with animation and films. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, hobby time comes around and Ollie and, and Ward, uh, I think, really, really helped guide him in that direction that, that went to what we know now as, you know, as the Disney park. Yeah, I, I seem to remember a story about him spending a lot of time either in the back lot at, uh, at Disneyland or at the studio or in his barn, spending a lot of time just working on the trains, you know, just doing it. Uh, when there was other work to be done, he was just so fascinated by his own hobby. And <laughs> to hear some Imagineers say it or web, web designers say it, that was probably a good thing because he wasn't bothering them and they could work on what they needed to. But um, <laughs> it's, right. It's, but it's all good. You know, it's kind of apocryphal tales of him getting involved and, you know, putting his hands into it. So that's kind of neat. You know, you think about how much time he spent doing things. So I'm going to turn back to Mouse Mingle again for a minute. Uh, you know, I want to point people to your site. It's mousemingle.com. And uh, you can go over there. You can set up a, pr- a free profile and start poking around and take a look at, uh, take a look at uh, other people, meet other people that way, or at least look at their profiles. And then from there, you can uh, join up uh, Mouse Mingle if you want to. You can you can uh, get a paid membership and go after get into it further and uh, start uh, meeting people. Really, it it starts with a wink, right? I'm not not trying to channel Walt, right? It all started with a mouse, but um, there are two engagements so far from people that have met on Mouse Mingle that I'm aware of, and both both of those people have said it started with the wink because you send a wink to somebody. To show, hey, I'd like to get to know you more. And when the person reply winks back, then you start sending messages and you find out if there's a connection or not. It's life. Not every just because we all love Disney doesn't mean that there's always going to be a connection. But both, all, both of those couples have said that that's where it started. So I, I keep telling people, take a chance. Send, click click that send wink button a couple times and see what happens because it is possible. I was really blown away the first couple. That, that contacted me and said they got engaged, I kind of lost it, actually, because <laughs> I, I, I had not thought that far ahead, right? I had been focused on trying to, trying to make the site better, trying to fix issues, figure out what the next steps are, and then all of a sudden this couple says, oh, we met on the site and we just got engaged at Disneyland and we're getting married in Disney World at the beginning of the year. That's cool. Um, I, it blew my mind. <laughs> and then just... Uh, just in the last month, another couple who from the Orlando area who contacted me and said, oh, actually, they didn't contact me. A couple from the Orlando area had posted on Pinterest, I think, a photo of their just engaged button and her wedding ring or her engagement ring. That's awesome. And I was like, 
wait, what? So I reached out to them. They said, oh, we were going to contact you, but we just haven't gotten, we haven't taken pictures yet. We haven't gotten back to you. So that, that just, again, is so amazing that people are really finding real, real connections with each other on Mouse Mingle. It makes me extremely happy. It's just like being, you know, guest relations. This is really helping people, helping guests. Yeah. This is not about, I'm not trying to become Match.com. That's not what this is. This is really for people that are, are passionate about Disney. And it, it, two engagements so far prove it. And dozens of other people that have sent messages saying, hey, thank you. I, I met my Mickey or I met my Minnie and we've been dating happily for however many months. That's really magical right there to hear people say that. That's that's terrific, you know. And I'm, I just clicked on the photos just to go have a look, just to see what was was out, what kind of people were out there. And you know, it's interesting because you see a wide mix of people with their shots from the parks. Some people in cosplay costumes. Some people just enjoying their favorite activity at the park. And it's it's pretty neat because you can kind of get a sense of the person just from that first picture, and then you go from there. Yeah. I just was kind of I was kind of interested in that. It kind of caught my attention. I'm like, wow, you really you get a sense of who who's there. Um, unlike some of these other dating sites where you're just looking at people enjoying their Disney moment and uh, kind of kind of reveling in it. It's cool. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. It is a, a lifestyle for a lot of us. Yeah, definitely. So, Dave, I appreciate you coming on to tell us about Mouse Mingle, and I hope people will go out there and check it out, go sign up. You know, take a, take a look around. If you're single and you're looking to, or even if you're not single and you're just looking for a friend to meet up with at the parks, just take a look and, you know, see if you can meet some new people to go to the parks with and, and go hang out. Maybe you, maybe you start a relationship and you're one of the great people who wind up uh, getting married through the site. Who knows? But I, I encourage you to go check it out. Dave, I, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the show today and uh, talking about Mouse Mingle. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. I love to talk about my Disney passion. You, you, all you have to do is get me started. Just push the on button and I'm going to start talking Disney. That's all there is to it. People at work know that too. And sometimes it's a, it's a good thing. And sometimes maybe not so much. You know, <laughs> Too much information. Stop. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Disney nerd level. I like it. And that fits with the whole yeah. concept we've been talking about, that you become the Disney nerd. You, you have all these things that you talk about that you get interested in, that you're, you are the Disney nerd. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're there. Right. That's why we do this. That's why yeah. we're, all, we're all part of this. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all, probably most of the people listening to your show, are the Disney person in their office. Yeah, I have a feeling. There's always going to be one of us, right? Exactly. You know... It, uh, kind of an aside, at one point in my life, I worked in the same office as Len Testa, so I couldn't be the Disney person. He had to be the Disney person, but I was the junior Disney person, so, you know. Right. <laughs> it's all good. I'm happy. <laughs> I, was the, I was the backup in case he wasn't available, so there you go. Uh, Dave, it's terrific. You know, if you ever make it to Florida, you'll have to look me up. And if I ever make it out to California, I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to uh, challenge you to, uh, to around the park. You'll have to show me around. Oh, I love that. I love meeting with people at the park. And even if I only get to do, you know, 20 of the great little history points of the park, I love doing that. Because I can, I always tell people when I go, I'm like, hey, at any time, tell me to shut up and I will stop. Because I can... Feel for like six hours about the history of the park. So 
And then they're exhausted by the end. You've just exhausted me. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me on the show today. And remember, folks, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 